Hello, 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 and welcome to the Linwood's Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. My guest today is Grammy Award-winning multi-instrumentalist, flutist, singer, songwriter, Melanie Charles. Her latest album is Y'all Don't Really Care About Black Girls, and she's got another release coming soon this year. Melanie started out playing and singing in the church. Now she fuses the sounds of her experiences coming up to create her own unique musical offering. Melanie Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lynn. How are you today? I am, as my church folks say, blessed and highly favored. In other words, I know that's right. Yes, ma'am. Other words, we're good, right? Yes. <laughs> so before we get into our um, your music and your recent Grammy Award, let's talk about you. Let's tell my my peeps in the faith based community a little bit more about Melanie Charles. Now, understand you're born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Yep, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. My family immigrated to America from Haiti. Um, and I was really looking forward to talking to you today, knowing that this is a faith-based podcast because a lot of my, who I am, the way I move, and even the way in which I interact with music is based out of my relationship, my family's relationship with God. Um, my grandma was very involved in the Haitian church in um in brooklyn and i always tell people every other week we would have these what we call they sing creole reunion which Mm. is like basically like a prayer meeting and the church folk the old church folk will be my grandma you know the whole family you know how families who migrate to this country often just stuff themselves into one space you know yeah multiple generations in one home so i had grandma and my uncle upstairs and i was downstairs with my mom and my brother and then you know, that was my my aunt and my cousins and you can hear the people singing these haitian hymns so loudly and beautifully sort of out of tune in a nice way yeah yeah i do wake me up like on Saturday mornings and it just kind of would just pour over this feeling of protection and you know I'll never forget the sound of that and you know I grew up my first the first song I sang was to God be the glory it was one of the first mm-hmm. songs I sang um at Holy mm-hmm. Trinity Baptist Church my mom said that when I was young I kept humming and before I could even speak and she said you know what I'm gonna get this girl some vocal lessons so she took me to the church organist and that's where it all began she said you know what your voice is too you're too young I'm gonna start you on the piano first and so I started piano at age five and you know music has been this like my everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah from, from, from a young age so yeah oh wow so and and you started out in the church Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. So you were in the church, so that means that you also were exposed to like the the gospel music that was out at that time. At that time, right. So it was like Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammond, 
um, Mary Mary, you know, it was mm-hmm. that stuff. But I also really loved the old Negro spirituals and the old hymns. I really loved those, actually. I was talking to my partner the other day of how the old hymns are really the foundation of great songwriting. Mm-hmm. And that also connects to the way I feel about music because it all is a cycle from the Negro spirituals to the hymns to the to jazz to stride jazz to you know the the different generations of black music the way it's evolved it mm-hmm. always starts from the church it, it always does, even though folks uh-huh. don't say it. But if you start digging uh-huh. into their talk, even our hip hop folks, you talk to some of them and you, yes. <laughs> they will tell you when you when you really have a conversation with them, they will uh-huh. tell you that that's at the root of their of their music that they do. And it's interesting how you've get taken all of that and you've fused these various forms of music to come up with your own style. When did you start fusing those forms of music and then you went from piano to these other instruments? Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of was, you know, at the end of the day, being raised in New York, it's such a creative place. Everyone's, you know, heard of the movie um, Fame, um, LaGuardia High School. That's where I went to, LaGuardia. Okay. And truly, there was just so much creativity around. And, you know, my mom was such a, a supportive mom. I was in all of the different programs. I did musical theater stuff. I did off-body productions. I did um, musical theater stuff with Andre the Shield. <laughs> you know, just like all kinds of different creative outlets. And so I remember, so my church home when I was young was Holy Trinity Baptist Church. And then I went to Emmanuel Baptist Church. And there, I think I was in high school, college, and I'll never forget. I think he meant well. But the choir director was like, Melanie, you have to pick one. You don't want to be a jack of all trades. And I was so offended, Lynn. I was so mad. I was like, but how could this man discourage me from expressing myself and all my creativity? I get it. There was a time where you had to focus on one because that just sort of was the best way to sort of get to a certain point. You know, but the way I was raised and just the way my curiosity works, I've never been interested in just saying, I'm just going to play flute. I'm just going to do a straight ahead jazz. I'm just going to do R&B. I'm just going to. It just didn't make sense. It felt like I'd be denying my full self. And so I sort of it kind of was a path of of rebellion for me. You know, I almost was going to be an opera singer because I studied opera. I don't know if you're familiar with a vocalist. I don't know if McKinsey Simpson Hoffman, one of the most beautiful um, black sopranos living. Um, Mm -hmm. She was my vocal coach and she had me singing the magic songs from the magic flute, just like crazy coloratura. (laughs) And I was winning competitions. That's how I was able to pay for college was winning all these competitions so oh, as you can okay. see i was i was always doing all of these things and i always had a support system and finally when it came time to really step out professionally professionally after i graduated college i said you know what i want to figure out how to create my own sound because i have all these influences i know i have something important to say let me dive in and figure out how sonically i can translate that and that's when i began my journey of sampling and getting into the beat culture and 
and essentially getting really heavily into production. I never was really trying to be no, no producer out here. Okay. I, mean, I was just trying to sing, sing my little songs. <laughs> sing your little <laughs> songs, okay. Sing my little songs, and next thing I know, you know, I'm producing and creating this sort of blend that you say. So. Yeah, it, it's very it's it's very unique and very interesting. But in you infuse social consciousness things into your music. So what made you go that route? You know, I think it's interesting. A lot of times you hear certain artists, they it's sort of complex when you make it a project or even a song that is socially conscious because then it kind of puts you in a box of being like a socially conscious artist. I don't know if I would describe myself as that but i definitely am committed to speaking on topics that affect me and that affect my community and that affect people that i love and y'all don't really care about black women it just felt like the appropriate conversation to have you know mm. the album is called y'all don't really care about black women um verve records came up to me this was right before the pandemic and they said we want you to do a remix album and they gave me full access to the, the vaults of verve records okay. which consisted of music by ella Fitch Gerald and Sarah Vaughn and Marlena Shaw and Joe Beam and Hubert Laws and you know all of these greats right of all races Frank Sinatra Herbie Hancock <laughs> Jones just like it was like a treasure trove of music that I had access to to remix or to reimagine okay. um, but around that time was when Rihanna Thomas was brutally murdered in her home and I think mm. All black women were feeling, wow, they really don't care about our lives. Our lives are not valued at large in this society. It was so loud, this this feeling. We all know that. This is not a new idea. We all know about the matri- how matriarchs are the backbone of all most of our black families. Right, the right. mother, the grandmothers. You know, this is this is a fact. We've all experienced that. And so we don't say it because that's another thing. Black women, we're always like, oh, I'm so strong. I got it. I can do this. Yeah, and we're really not. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's true. But but there comes a point where we have to say, you know what? I need some help. I need support. I need love. I need consideration. I need more care. And I felt like that was the perfect time as I put together these remix albums for me to zero in and focus on black female composers and vocalists so all of the women that i remixed their music either wrote their own music or arranged their own music and they were talking about the same things that mm. women are talking about now are talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i was that uh, when you were saying that i remember i was on this virtual press conference with for lifetime and garcelle Bouvon, she's on this uh lifetime movie uh called black girl missing and they were talking about how so many of us are missing or things happen to us as black women that they're not they don't really put it out there in the media and let us know that yeah. these folks are missing or or act like we matter whereas if it's yeah. some if it's some other group it's all in the media this girl's been missing for 2 days 3 days we have to find her but let it be one of us it could be a bit you know not always upfront like that it breaks my heart it makes me very sad and it makes me feel like man we're all we have you mm-hmm. know we're all we got and i was i'm a huge i'm really into the black 
conversation on YouTube and there's a lot of influencers and YouTubers who are having really smart and like well-studied conversation about like the the current state of black women in society whether it's business or romantic love you know hmm. we, we we all are talking about the same things and are feeling the fact that one of this this woman i watch her show is called for harriet she said that regardless despite anything one thing i do know is Who's going to take care of black women is other black women. <laughs> that, that, well, she, know, yeah, we know that. Uh huh. You know? So then now it's like, okay, we know that. But naming the album Y'all Don't Really Care About Black Women was also a challenge okay. to our black brothers to stand up and take a stand and be in more support of us. It's a challenge to white America to be more sensitive and more supportive and more respectful and pay us what we deserve, you know? So this is a multifaceted conversation. You're right. And I was just really drawn to the title, like probably, probably most of the folks out there when they say that, they, oh, let me check that out. At least that the title in itself gets your attention. Now, you were featured on uh, jazz drummer Terry Lynn Carrington's recent uh, Grammy Award winning song. How did you end up being coming a part of that and on that project? Listen, when I got the call from Terry Lynn Carrington out of the blue, I almost fainted because I respect her so much. She has become one of the lead jazz musicians. But honestly, even beyond jazz, just general black music, she is one of the most important drummers, producers, composers. And I've been following her work for years. And when she called me, she said, look, actually, it was before we I recorded this on this album with her. She mm -hmm. actually brought me in to do a remix of a song. And she said she checked out my music and she really loved what I was doing. And she wanted me to come into the fold and remix this project i did that it went well and then she called me again and said hey i have this song i think i need your vo your voice to round it out and working with her in the studio that day she she produced me so beautifully you know oftentimes i'm i, I produce myself i'm the one that's sort of deciding how i want to approach the song how i want to phrase it etc etc but this time around i was so blessed to be molded in the song by the great terry lincoln Carrington and it truly is an honor to be involved and to get this you know a little Grammy uh, nod you know <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for for my own for my own album. Yeah, brother, as they say, as they say in the in the church Melanie, prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. <laughs> <laughs> Name it, claim it, call it, call it like you want it to be. Amen. <laughs> now, um, as far as you and jazz are concerned, what do you like best doing being an instrumentalist and a flutist, or do you prefer singing? Because we just talked about your singing. Honestly, there's a time for everything. At the end of the day, I really love just singing. In musical theater, we call it park and bark. Oh, park and bark. Okay. Park and bark. You just stand and you, you sing. Flat foot along the floor. Just sing. I love that. But then there are times where the words aren't enough and picking up the flute allows me to say the things that I am not able to say with my voice. What are some of your personal favorite songs outside of your music, like um, some of your favorite artists and songs in your genre? 
such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I love so much, but okay. I think so. I'm a huge Nancy Wilson person. I love Nancy Wilson. Um, and I would say one of my favorite songs of hers is Guess Who I Saw Today. Oh, I, I love that song. Guess Who I Saw Today. And then at the end, I saw you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And I get that, that when I first heard that, I don't know how many years ago, but that really got me. I was like, oh my goodness, uh, that, which means she caught you cheating. <laughs> she caught you cheating. I, love, I mean, the way she tells the story, and I oh, watched yeah. videos of her sing it and set it up. Like, you know, I, I kind of am, am an old soul because, like, when people ask me that question, like, what are your favorite songs? I'm not going to, I love Beyonce and I love all these, like, all the current artists mm -hmm. but i'm still stuck on the stuff that people like nancy wilson sarah Vaughn. i mean daydreaming by aretha oh daydreaming songs ever oh i was you thinking know? about that look i was thinking about that last week that very song daydreaming when i'm thinking of you look at my yeah. mind floating away Being away <laughs> so beautiful and i mean she wrote that song i heard that she wrote it for the lead singer of the temptations really did not know yes. that. Oh wow! Did yes. not did not know that about Miss Riri. <laughs> right. Not not David Ruffin, the original, but the guy who filled in for him. I feel bad. I don't remember his name. Who was that that came in? Was it Dennis? Uh, yeah. Dennis. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm old. Oh, trying to remember his last name. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> Oh, because he was also one that was singing on, like, Papa Was a Rolling Stone and Cloud Nine, if that's the one. Dennis. Yeah, I can't remember Dennis's last name, but let me stop. Chum, so is he talking about some, you? I got some homework to do afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, that song, Aretha's song, I love that. Not only because the song itself is so beautiful, but I think because I know that she wrote it mm -hmm. and she was very hands-on with arranging it, you know, the, the arranger, composer, the musician in me, the love for that song just continues continues to grow and grow every time I hear it. But uh, when we're speaking of lyrics and meanings, I was really, I, like I said, I really liked your your music and your lyrics and the social consciousness thing about it. But um, let me ask you as a woman working in this industry before we get into what your, your current stuff, uh, what has been most challenging about doing what you do as an African-American woman out here today and a young woman? Thank you for that question. I mean, my I think what's the most challenging is having to interact in the industry where desirability is very is a commodity. So we live in a time where it's not just enough to be talented and, and to have a creative message you want to deliver, but if physically you are not the traditional standard of beauty. Mm -hmm. It sort of makes it a little bit more challenging to move around where we always see musicians, vocalists, women specifically, whatever their instrument or what they do is, oftentimes be propelled if they fit the part visually. I think that that is probably one of, has been one of my toughest struggles. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people might, that's why certain singers, they only make it so far. 
You know what I mean? I, we, I'll never forget reading about Phyllis Hyman and her issues with her self-esteem and her physicality and how she felt that affected the way she moved in the industry and essentially why she took her life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part that nobody wants to talk about because it's not cute, but I think that I've become... I would like to say that because I remain steadfast and still committed to what I know God has blessed me to do and remembering why I'm here, I'm not really here just so people can clap their hands for me and, you know, applaud me, you know, uh there's a bigger reason for me to be here. And I think remembering that is what has helped me push through in spite of the unfortunate political aspects of what it means to be an artist today. Because you understand that you are here for a reason and a divine purpose each one of us has is here for a divine purpose and is on assignment whether we know this or not tell me about the podcast make jazz trill again that's an interesting title (laughs) (laughs) yes make jazz trill again is like my overall theme and concept which is bringing jazz back to the people making it more accessible there was a time where jazz was for the streets it was for the club then suddenly it became sit down music and very white and very old so I'm interested in bringing it back to a time where it really belonged to us and so one of the ways that I do that besides in addition to the music is by having conversations with musicians who and non-musicians who are sort of in the jazz world or adjacent to the jazz world even when I was at the in college I went to the new school for jazz I was one of the first people to start Um, discussions about gender in jazz this was in 2007 now that's such a popular conversation and there's so many panels now about why we need gender equity in jazz but Mm. even from that time I was very curious about that and I wanted to also bring in our men in the community as allies so I had people like Christian McBride famous bass player come in and talk to us I had Casey Benjamin who's known for his work with Robert Glasper you know had all these different perspectives about it and so fast forward to this current time it felt appropriate to re- to start up that conversation again in the mode of a podcast i'm really proud of it Lynn. it mm-hmm. exists everywhere where podcasts exist and i'm working on getting my production value together and making it more professional and more streamlined and, and just just really have something for us where we can have real talk in a comfortable way sort of like our conversation right now oh okay and we just girls chilling and talking right exactly <laughs> oh you know what melanie look melanie that's that's the actual good title for a podcast <laughs> yes girls chilling and talking let me write that down <laughs> oh wow oh i do have i have a question for you too about we talked about we talked about jazz and we talked about gospel have you ever listened to any of what they call gospel jazz artists that's a good question. Who would you say would fall into that category? Well, one that they call the father of gospel jazz is one of the pioneers is Ben Tankard. You ever heard of Ben? No, let me write this down. Thank you so much. Right. Yeah, he's uh, he's one to, to start with and he does more like the keyboards. And he and he's worked with like the some of the top gospel artists or their tunes. Back to Melanie Charles. Melanie, um, talk to me about your upcoming projects and any concerts and things that you got coming up for us. Yes. Um, Well, I am very, very, very excited to be performing at Blue Note 
Jazz Club in New York City on February 27th because it's been a long time since I've hit the stage and this is going to be the first time in a long time that I'm going to be able to do all that I love to do in one night. It's going to be two sets, an 8.30 set and a 10.30 set, I believe. But people can look online if they're interested for the exact timing. I'm sorry if I'm a little off. Yeah, you have a website too, don't you? I do. My website is www.melaniecharles.com. Um, or you can even just go straight to the Bruno NYC website to get the tickets. Or find me on Instagram, Melanie Charles is the flower. Pretty easy to find online. Um, but the first that I'm going to be doing more of my Haitian folk songs, more jazz standards, more of a more classic experience for, my, for the first set. And mm-hmm. the second set is where we're going to get trill. We're going to bring in the Make Jazz Trill Again concept oh, okay. and incorporate the samples and the looping and some guest artists like Phase One and Radar Ellis and my good friend Jay Horde. It's going to be a good time when I'm very excited about that. And then I'm going to be actually today the second single from my upcoming record, which is a collaboration with Mark DeClivelo and Shigeto. The name of the album is called Hotel San Claudio. We named it that because that was the hotel we stayed at when we were playing in Italy, in the south of Italy, about three years ago. It was a beautiful hotel and we were so inspired by that place that you know, the album came to be and we decided to name it that. So that's dropping in April. I'm really excited about that. And also, I released an album a few years ago called The Girl with the Green Shoes. Mm-hmm. This year is an anniversary of that album. And so I'm going to be releasing some vinyls at the end of the year. So I got a lot of little treats, musical treats coming out throughout the year that I'm, I really hope people tap into that. Dropping little little nuggets throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But what what tickled me when you said, ain't she ghetto? Is that what you said? <laughs> and she ghetto. So the drummer, his name is she ghetto. It's a Japanese name. Man, you're killing me. You're killing me. Because <laughs> you're so funny because I always see them. I do be like, she ghetto. I, I do that to him. <laughs> I just had to, to go back in there again. So again, so again, Melanie, before we close out, tell us how we can reach you once again on social media and they can find out more information about what Melanie Charles is doing. Grammy Award winning Melanie Charles. And the latest album is Y'all Don't Really Care About Black Women, but she's got another one dropping in April. Thank you so much, Lynn, for having me. Um, I encourage everyone to check me out at MelanieCharles.com and sign up. I have an email list so you can be in the know of everything. You can find me on Instagram, Melanie Charles is the flower, at Melanie Charles on Twitter, or you could just Google Melanie Charles and you'll find everything. And friends, I want to thank you too for tuning in today as usual. Now make sure that you subscribe right now by hitting that subscribe button. That way you never, ever miss an episode of this uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring show. Now to reach me, Lynn Woods, you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Lynn Woods, L-I-N-W-O-O-D-S, or Instagram at Lynn Woods 96, or Facebook or LinkedIn at Lynn, L-I-N, last name Woods, W-O-O. D.S. This has been the Lynn Woods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. And Melanie Charles is going to take us on home with just a tiny bit of her song, God Bless the Child. All jazzed up and everything.
I'm Lynn Woods. God bless. Stay.